<laughs> Coming from the other side of darkness, this is Holiday, and you're listening to the only podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole reppin' show. <laughs> and now, the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole reppin' show. everybody ladies and gentlemen hashtag dear listeners all welcome to yet another exciting episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle that would have to be the whole ref and show my name is perry smith and my name is darren beasley and darren beasley we have got quite a bit to talk about on today's episode as you know you know better than anyone i picked you because of your wrestling knowledge because you're very smart Thank you. Yeah, hey, thank you for being very smart and for having such wrestling knowledge that we are getting closer and closer to WrestleMania, and that's what it's all about. Hokey pokey be damned. Uh, that's true. Um, well, Vince McMahon, he's not much for putting his right hand in uh, and taking his right hand out, and uh, nor is he interested in putting his right hand in and shaking it all about. <laughs> and, uh, the only thing he likes to do is the superstar shake-up. That's the only thing he likes to shake about are superstars. This is true. Uh, in a brand-split era. Unlike uh, Cody Rhodes, who puts his all in uh, oh, and he, does not take his all out. Uh, so so a lot of headlines to talk about here. Uh, it's actually a very headline-dominated show, ladies and gentlemen. Some good news for the honky-tonk man. He's do some good news. It's been 30 years since something good has happened to the Honky Tonk Man. Um. Yeah, every time I see the Honky Tonk Man at WrestleCon, as in every year, I, I, I marvel at the various states of decrepitude that, uh, that he seems to be in. But you know what is still immaculate? Is his hair. Nice. I, and that's what counts. Like, I mean, I can say whatever I damn well please. That dude is still giving up every day of his life. And taking it, what's left of his hair, and making it look like a, uh, a well, it doesn't look like Elvis's hair, so I shouldn't say make make it looks like the, it looks like the honky tonk man's hair. But uh, the, he takes his hair and he makes it look like the honky tonk man. Remember when we were talking about Hulk Hogan? Like he has to be Hulk Hogan right. all the time. Right. The honky tonk. Okay, Hulk Hogan's a ridiculous name, but it is a name. <laughs> you, could, you could convince someone that your name is Hulk Hogan. Like maybe it's you know maybe it's Greek and it's like short for like Hulkalus or something. Like you know. <laughs> sure. You don't know. You don't know. You don't. I don't know. So you don't know. But. The, the Honky Tonk Man has to be the Honky Tonk Man. The Honky Tonk Man. I, I, I think um, all, all this is accurate, Darren. I'm glad you're pointing it all out. But uh, obviously there are Elvis... Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of uh, Elvis-isms that Honky Tonk <laughs> Man has adopted. He made an entire gimmick and career out of it, basically. But it's sure. funny because Honky Tonk was always Latter Days Elvis, and now he's Latter Days Latter Days Elvis. <laughs> so he he's Latter Day Honky Tonk, who is Latter Days Elvis. So that's just well, a, that's, 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 that's a big pile of goo and velvet. 
with decent looking hair. <laughs> the honky tonk man has so greatly outlived Elvis Presley. Um, not just in a chronological timeline, but uh, the 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 amount of his own life lived has surpassed that of the life that Elvis lived. And so you're exactly right. We we're getting sort of this is this is what Elvis might have looked like had he lived into his sixties. <laughs> like, I mean, again, he 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 has an Elvis gimmick. He doesn't actually look like Elvis. No. Like, he doesn't. <laughs> his uh, entrance attire looks like Latter-day's Elvis, but, like, I don't know. It's weird. He's not, El- he's not Elvis. Right. But yet, that's where everyone's mind goes. Sure, sure. So, he, he has transcended Elvis. He is the honky-tonk man. We're going to talk about him, though. Oh, <laughs> We kind of got off on a tangent there. Wait, um, haven't we already been talking about I, We that? have been talking about We're going to actually get to the matter at hand as far as Honky oh, Tonk Man okay, is concerned. Cool. Well, I look, I look forward to talking about him some more then. I do as well. Uh, so we're talking about him. We're going to talk about the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which is going on at NXT. We finally have all the names uh, for the brackets for the uh, Tag Team Tournament. It's uh, always a lot of fun to watch these. And uh, some really good names, uh, a lot of obvious names. Basically, all these teams are, are fairly obvious to be in this thing. Um, so we're gonna. Is this the third one or the fourth one? So this is the fourth time around, uh, as far as Dusty Rhodes Classic, because Samoa Joe and Finn Balor won the first one. Uh, Authors of Pain won the second one. Undisputed Era won the third one. So this is the fourth time around, yes. Uh, not to mention the fact that I guess WWE realized that WrestleMania is only so many weeks away. They decided, oh no, we got to make things really interesting. So they hit the panic button this week on both Raw and SmackDown. And we saw a lot of comebacks, Darren. And not to mention a lot of personnel backstage being let go and some being hired on as well. As far as returns and releases and hirings... This is the most active WWE has been in quite some time. Uh, not only a large number of people, but also the individuals themselves. Each one of these people carry with them a a lot of cachet. We have uh, former world champions. We have uh, former influential um, members of the WWE and other organizations. And I mean, I, this is a crazy, absolutely crazy. Crazy week. Okay, I'm glad you said week. <laughs> it's like, this is a crazy. You're right. This is a crazy. Uh, yes, Darren, you are right about that. There's a lot to talk about, but we got to start from the very beginning. Let's talk about those headlines. Looks like we have another inductee into that grand old WWE Hall of Fame. This is the class of 2019. A legend quote-unquote, depending on who you ask, I suppose. Someone who's definitely been around for a very, very long time. And, you know, someone who's definitely a very familiar face. I'm talking about the one, the only, the honky-tonk man, Darren. I mean, we've said so many nice things about him already. <laughs> I, I mean, I could, say, I, could, uh, I, I could eat a peach for hours, and I could talk about the honky-tonk man for eons even like eons and eons wow and uh let's let eons be eons <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh, the honky tonk man 
it seems like he has been around for a long time. It's like he's been around for eons. And That's because uh, he has. Been. I know we were talking earlier about how he's Elvis, but he's not Elvis. Like I know Elvis. You know Elvis certainly Elvis Aaron Presley. He, I'm sure he played some honky tonks in his day, but he is the king of rock and roll. And honky tonk has so much more of a country connotation that I think that's the very first discrepancy. I feel exists between the honky tonk man and Elvis. Well, it could be country. In the very least, I think it's rhythm and blues, Darren. Well, that is if Greg the Hammer Valentine uh, is by his side. And the only problem with that is that it's that is a really that's a good example to me of Vince McMahon doing as he damn well pleased. In the 1980s and early 90s. I mean, Vince McMahon does this as he damn well pleases in February of 2019. Don't get me wrong. Uh, all you had to do was watch wrestling on television this week, and Vince McMahon's going to do as he pleases. But people talk about Vince putting dusty roads in polka dots. That's not nearly, nearly as egregious as making Greg Valentine dye his hair black and pretend to just not be... He didn't change his name. He was still <laughs> Greg Valentine. But it was like, yeah, but you're just... You're a different Greg Valentine. You've always been a guitar-plucking, like... I'm sorry, what? What? I don't... You know, like I, I think my favorite part of rhythm and blues is you have Honky Tonk Man and you have Greg Mahama Valentine, two wrestlers that admittedly I could care less about. Um, and their their <laughs> their gimmick is that they are a band and neither one of them actually play guitar. <laughs> and it is quite one. obvious. Well, you know, one of my favorite things in the entire history of wrestling uh, is de deals particularly with rhythm and blues. <laughs> and it is, of course, when Hulk Hogan addressed rhythm and blues <laughs> and the WWE universe. That right. is, of course, before such a thing truly existed. Right. Uh, he, did, he didn't do it for the WWE universe. Of course, he did it for all, for all the little Hulkamaniacs, dude. And Hulk Hogan said, Hulk Hogan, that is, Hulk Hogan. He said, dude, rhythm and blues... When I get through with you two dudes, you're not going to be locking your guitars, dude. You're going to be playing a glockenspiel. Flugelhorn. You're going to be playing a flugelhorn and a glockenspiel in an ooh pa pa band, dude. <laughs> I, uh, as, as our fans know, this podcast was almost a, a linguistics podcast. And I, and I love words. I truly love words. Uh, first of all, words mean things. Second of all, uh, words are, are almost living creatures. That's why my favorite word is frog. Let's, let's cover some old ground there. But frog, <laughs> I mean, it's got some stiff competition in the words flugelhorn and glockenspiel. <laughs> and um, I tell you what. No one, the, the word glockenspiel should not exist. The instrument, the glockenspiel, should not exist. And <laughs> if, it, if it must, 
that word should stay out of the mouth of Hulk Hogan. But somehow it found its way into his mouth. And when I heard Hulk Hogan say, we're going to be playing the flugelhorn and the glockenspiel in an oompa-pa band, dude. I, my very little young life was complete. I'm sure that uh, all the flugelhorn and glockenspiel enthusiasts uh, became very salty when they heard this uh, from Hulk Hogan. Very, very, uh, very discriminating uh, rhetoric. And not the last time, of course, he'll be uh, caught doing that. Uh, no, that that aside, enough, so, uh, that hey, 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 yeah. fair is fair, fair is fair. So say what you want about the honky tonk man. He was there. You know what I mean? I mean, he was there for the quote golden age of WWF. You know, uh, the eighties, the eighties, early nineties. He was there. I mean, he was the guy. Much like Greg the Hammer Valentine, and I made this joke on the show before. He he's the he's like the the ugly spot on your Survivor Series team. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I guess they had to put him somewhere. But uh, he was there, and he was a character, and he stood out, and he was very him. And in the world of wrestling, that is a very good thing to do. So, Honky Tonk Man going into the Hoff. Darren, let's go to the Hoff. Let's go to the Hoff. Let's go to the Hoff, baby. And congratulations, Honky Tonk Man. That's the only time I'll be positive on the Honky Tonk Man. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, Honky Tonk Man, if for no other reason than, than giving me an opportunity to go to the Hoff and uh, take off my saddle Oxfords and twist the night away to the, uh, the wonderful musical stylings of, your, uh, of you, of you, Honky Tonk, um, uh, we say thanks. And uh, I look forward to your induction speech, what the hell are you going to say? Oh, man. Looking forward to that. <laughs> if it's anything like his YouTube shoot interviews, it should be very interesting. There won't be a dry eye in the audience. They'll all be uh, filled with blood. Um, so, <laughs> Honky Tonk Man going into the Hoff. Uh, some very cool things uh, going on in NXT, including the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic is back, as we established. Uh, it's the fourth one, as far as we know. Uh, but we finally do have all the names, all the tag teams involved in uh, the Dusty Rhodes Classic, uh, Mustache Mountain, the team of Trent Seven and Tyler Bate, uh, Street Profits, the team of Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, uh, we got Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch tagging together, the Forgotten Sons, aka Bikers Without Bikes, uh, the, t- <laughs> the team of Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler, uh, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel, uh, really cool they put them together, we know they were having a pretty hot feud on the uh, those house shows in Florida, Darren. We saw one of those. We were lucky to see one. Never did a We Were There for it. We never had time to, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, they, they put on a really good match. Uh, the team of Aleister Black and Ricochet, I don't know why they're teaming together, but they are. Uh, they teamed together actually on uh, WWE TV this week. I'll tell you why. Because those are two guys that deserve to be NXT World Champion, but they're not going to let them. And they're also not going to move them up permanently to Raw or SmackDown. Now, I'm okay with not moving them up permanently to Raw or SmackDown, but uh, them as a tag team in a tag team tournament, it's a bit like exactly what they did with Finn Balor and Samoa Joe. Sure, sure. Well, besides them, we also have the Undisputed Era, which are Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. No Adam Cole, baby. Uh, though that could change, potentially. Who knows? Um, 
And the last team on the list is DIY, which actually got back together again, and now they're in the Dusty Roads Classic. Man, this is a lot of work just to have Mustache Mountain versus DIY in the finals, Darren. Uh, you calling it? Uh... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's actually, it's a tough call. I would say that if not for Tommaso Ciampa, apparently uh, suffering a bit of a neck, a nagging neck injury, he actually was not uh, cleared to wrestle this week on WWE television, um, but uh, he is going to wrestle at TakeOver. They're going to reevaluate after that. So barring any any findings where they, they need to take him off the TV and put him on the shelf for a while, which would be bad for your NXT champion, um, I think it will be those two in the finals. Well, I would, it certainly would be an excellent match. Um, and I think all of these matchups are going to be very good. It's going to be a very fun uh, tournament to watch. I'm excited about Eichner and Barthel, um, and that's the first time you've ever heard me say that I'm excited about Fabian Eichner. I have not been a fan of his ever since uh, the Cruiserweight Classic. Fabian Eichner did nothing for me, and until very recently, he has done nothing for me. But seeing his work in Evolve and going down there to Evolve, uh, mixing it up with the WWN uh, representing NXT and actually winning the Evolve Championship. That did a lot for Eichner, in my opinion. Um, I like the NXT Evolve working relationship, and one of the best parts about it is that it's given me something to like about Fabian Eichner. Now, I like Marcel Barthel before he even got to NXT, and then once he got there, I really got excited. So them together... If they can keep it that way, I think that that is really a tag team to look forward to. It will most likely be entirely in NXT UK. Um, well, I guess I shouldn't say entirely because here they are in this tournament. But I think for the most part, their future is in NXT UK. And that's fine because it's not like it's hard to see. You just have to dig it up on the network. It's there every week. And uh, Marcel Barthel has a really great look. And I think if uh, he and Eichner end up with Walter, then you've got a faction to, to really be worried about in, uh, in the near future. Sure. I, I was never really a fan of Eichner at all until I saw him and Barthel fight at uh, that house show we attended back in, like, what was that, November? Um, but that was an excellent match. And I always appreciate uh, whenever you see a house show and the performers are just giving it all they've got. You know, they're not... Phoning it in, they're not like, eh, there's not really a camera here. That's not true. There is a camera, and that camera, the feed does lead back to Triple H's office, apparently. But, I mean, it's not, not like, it's not like you know, King of the Ring 98, I'm not going to jump off the top of the cage in front of, like, you know, 100 people. So Yeah, and that camera is, is a big deal. Like you said, if that's truly being pumped right to Triple H's office, and he really is keeping that close of an eye on NXT, first of all, it's a little weird. It's a little cool. Um... But in addition to that, or I guess in spite of it, or regardless of it, whatever, however you want to look at it, there's a lot of eyes on you. And I'm not talking about the 300 people that bought tickets. I'm talking about the fact that if you look around at an NXT show, you might see Steve Carino. You might see Terry Taylor. You might see Scotty Tuhati. You might see any number of NXT trainers. Uh, who are former WWE superstars or at least stars from the world of wrestling. Uh, hell, you might see Abyss and Hurricane these days, but 
you got a lot of people who are paying very close attention to every single match you're wrestling, even if it's at an armory or a boys club. You'll also see a ton of talent that you wish that you saw wrestling that day, but they're just kind of there just to be there. Uh, that was That's true. irritating to see uh, like Rhea Ripley around, and I didn't see her wrestle, but still. Uh, no, but you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a lot of people who know a lot about wrestling who are watching your matches, and if they've got good things to say about you, who knows what that'll lead to. I, mean, I, I guess you should always put your best foot forward no matter where you are. Um, no matter how big the crowd is. But again, I like to point out when people try very hard, and these two, they put on a hell of a show. Um, if not for that uh, Keith Lee, Johnny Gargano made event, which was phenomenal, that would have potentially been match of the night for me. But uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, it's going to be great to watch this. Uh, I mean, NXT is always entertaining in the very least to watch, and these uh, these tournaments are always a lot of fun to, to watch. So... I guess we'll see what happens. Hopefully uh, injuries don't affect the tournaments. Uh, I don't like seeing a lot of substitutions. Obviously, something like uh, Undisputed Era, they you know they switch people out all the time. It's not a big deal. they got two other members to jump in in case something happens to O'Reilly or Fish. God forbid. Uh, so, yeah, keep your eyes on that. We'll see what happens. More on that as it develops, of course. Uh, but we're going to go from the NXT, the gold brand, into the red and blue, where things are happening. It looks like... Raw of old, Darren. A lot of familiar faces, as you said earlier. A lot of movers and shakers moving and shaking. Well, for starters, it was Ric Flair's 70th birthday party. Raw emanated live from Atlanta, Georgia, which is Ric Flair's new home. After so many decades living in the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina, Ric Flair now lives in Atlanta, Georgia. And, of course, that was because he went to live at the side of his fourth wife, Fifi. And so whenever Raw comes to Atlanta, Georgia, or nearby, Ric Flair almost always pays a visit to Monday night WWE programming. And this night would be no exception. It's his 70th birthday. Quite a milestone in the life of any human being, certainly in an industry that has taken the lives of so many at an early age, and Ric Flair, who just absolutely has defied death as early as the 70s, surviving a tragic plane crash, uh, having survived a brush with death uh, nigh on a year ago. And, uh, and yet here he is, styling and profiling, wheeling, dealing, and kiss-stealing like nobody can do. Except Ric Flair, oldest ride in the park, longest line, and that is why they still roll out the red carpet for the Nature Boy. Ric Flair celebrating his birthday on Raw of all places uh, brought a lot of people uh, to the party, including one David Batista. Oh, Daiquiri Dave flying in from Hollywood, saying I can come to Atlanta. I can still wrestle for a living. It's not all about James Bond and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I beg to differ, but yes, I see what he's trying to say uh, here. Well, you know what he's trying to say? He's trying to say, let's not have a repeat of WrestleMania 30, in which he earned the name Bootista for all of his efforts during that return. And now what's really crazy to think about is he'd been gone for a while, now he's been gone for five years since then. That's crazy. 
five years since I gave him the nickname Daiquiri Dave when everybody wanted to call him Bootista and Blue Tista and make fun of his new short boots and his uh, his compression socks. Um, I, I was I was still on board. I thought it was great. I, of all the things that I don't like about Triple H doing throwbacks, I liked that brief evolution reunion. Triple H, uh, Orton, and Batista, like Batista and Orton all grown up, you know, like evolution is like, oh, that it is. They were following their natural, okay, it's like evolution, it's happening, and they're, they are evolving. You know, it's so much better than any DX throwback ever would be. But Batista comes back on Raw and spoils the party. He crashes the party. He drags a cameraman to the Nature Boys locker room, goes in, grabs the 16-time world champion, and brings him out to show the cameraman and the WWE Universe. And uh, I'm telling you, Rick, you don't need to bump anymore, dude. It's okay. <laughs> you know, luckily they didn't take the camera in there, and maybe he didn't actually bump, but there's a part of me that thinks he still bumped. Oh, sure. He bladed and all that stuff. Yeah. Totally. He didn't have to, and we didn't see it, but he did it anyway. And <laughs> he, was like, he was like, I'll get the barbed wire. They're like, no, Rick, no, you don't have to. We'll just, we'll cut away. So Batista turns his attention to the camera and uh, says, do I have your attention now, Hunter? My favorite moment of Raw is him saying, Hunter. I love it. Again, love again, it. again, I'm sure a lot of the casual fans, I mentioned this when they did the Evolution uh, reunion on Raw, is I bet a lot of people forgot what Triple H even stands for. So I'm sure there were some people who were like, Who's Hunter? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Do you who? Um, maybe you do have Hunter's attention to whoever he is and wherever he may be. <laughs> no, but of course we know that he means Hunter Hearst Helmsley. He means Triple H. He means the COO, I think, of WWE. Triple H. That's right. Uh, Batista, former lackey, former stablemate of Triple H, with Ric Flair. Don't forget, Ric Flair was the uh, the elder statesman of Evolution. Now Batista is saying, "Evolution, be damned! I'm here. You know, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, Triple H. I want my WrestleMania match. This isn't about this isn't about Thanos. There's no, you know, there's no Guardians of your galaxy. You know, nobody's protecting your corner of the WWE universe, Hunter. And I'm here." You know, I'm about eyeballs deep in daiquiris. You know, I probably drove my Maserati up here. I'm now, I got more money than Davy Crockett. But what I don't have is the respect of the WWE universe anymore. And I, I'm Dave Batista. I'm here. I want it. I'm not sure if this is the best way to go about it as far as maybe trying to get people to not boo Batista. You're making him attack Ric Flair on his birthday. Um, which I, I do really enjoy the setup, the way it happened, the way it was kind of like, oh, this isn't planned. This is totally guerrilla, you know, filming here. You know what I mean? Like him just grabbing the camera and saying, you know, you come with me and I'm not supposed to be here, but you're going to do what I see. And, but I mean, I, I, I know Triple H is still coming off his injury uh, from his uh, his last match where he what, tore his pectoral muscle or something like that. It was pretty pretty gnarly to look at. Hopefully, I mean, obviously his recovery... 
uh, isn't going to be that long of one if he's ready in time for WrestleMania. But again, you're going to make Triple H the good guy in this situation, which he doesn't have to be. Um, he actually does a lot better when he's not the good guy. Um, so Probably because he's not a good guy. That's the thing. And so, yeah, if, if they want to get everyone behind Batista in this match, they're behind the match itself. But when the match actually happens, you're not really helping the whole maybe they won't boo Batista this time uh, deal if if he's going to uh, treat everything this way. So I question that, but I, I, I would I would actually enjoy seeing Batista versus Triple H. So. Yeah, and uh, I think you'll get your wish. Uh, in New York in just five weeks, WrestleMania 35 uh, or whatever, WrestleMania Statue of Liberty head. I don't know what they're going to call this one, but uh, <laughs> I like the color scheme. I definitely like the black gold and the, with just a hint of red. It, it stands out. It really stands out. Um, you know what would help it stand out even more? Huh. Some Roman some Roman numerals. Oh, yeah. Well, you might not get Roman numerals, but you might be getting Roman Reigns, Darren. Oh! Oh my God, we are only two months into 2019, and I'm already going to give you the Transition of the Year Award, Perry. Because <laughs> I know right now I'm a brilliant man, and so are you, and yet neither of us are going to top that. I mean, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you that plaque, and then you can take me out to dinner because I did set you up for it. Well, if I get the plaque, I might have to visit my dentist uh, to remove it. Ah! Man, we are we are two uncles. We should rename the show Two Uncles Podcast. Um, no, I, I do I do appreciate that, Darren. Um, but yeah, Roman Reigns to the surprise of no one making a comeback on Raw. I say that only because they. Well, no, no, no. I say that because they can't let anything be a surprise on Raw. They had to announce that Roman Reigns was coming back to Raw, uh, and he's not going to come back and say, "Yeah, guys, I'm still fighting this thing." So I'll check back in a couple months. He's gonna come back and say, "I gave, I gave uh, leukemia the Superman punch, and I'm back, baby." And Wah! so it's really weird seeing all this Roman Reigns, uh, all these Roman Reigns posts on social media, and they're not followed by the 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 laughing face uh, emoji on Facebook, which uh, tends to be on everything uh, that uh, WWE posts, uh, which is to the point of uh, making me very irritable. But, um, so no, good for him. Obviously, Lakini is back in remission again. I feel like he just left, but I guess it's been longer than I th think it really has been. Um, but he's probably going to be showing up at WrestleMania now at this point. I think he absolutely will be. That's very, very surprising. I thought he would be out at least a year. At least. I thought uh, the best we could hope for was, of course, remission. Um, but I thought we, the earliest we would see Roman Reigns wrestling would be the Monday after WrestleMania 36. So the fact that he might actually wrestle at WrestleMania 35 means that, for starters, he got some super duper health care and, you know, big, big ups to his doctors and nurses and anybody that factored in to his treatment. Secondly, his body and his mind and his spirit must have been of one accord, and it was GTFO with this whole leukemia situation. Uh, and because all of that said, all of that combined, 
uh, he's healthy in a remarkably quick fashion. And that that's, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that this man was this sick not that long ago. And now he is in a ring and he looks great too. It's not like he, he he's bony or he has lost uh, the color of his complexion or he has lost uh, the pep in his step. This is a fully realized Roman Reigns. He is back, and um, the fans were very sweet to him. And under the circumstances, they damn sure well better have been. Um, I'm anxious to see how long that lasts. Right, right, right. Um, does it does it last? And and then if so, how long? Um, where where do people's sympathy wear thin? You know, that, that, that's a good point. What is the statute of limitations uh, when a wrestler returns after a life-threatening illness? Uh, how long until I can boo the guy that I've always booed? Um, right. No, th th that is obviously a question. I, I think it'll be a while. I think he's going to I think from here on out, he's going to have to actually do something like mean to get uh, to get some of that heat back. Because I think people will be afraid to, to boo him at this point. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what the plans are for him at WrestleMania. We do know what the plans aren't for one Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania, Darren. Uh, at this point, as of now, uh, he is not going to be wrestling for that universal title against Daniel Bryan. But you know who is? Someone else who made a comeback this week. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, at least, is going to be fighting Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be Kofi Kingston uh, fighting Daniel Bryan at Fastlane, uh, but no, uh, Kevin Owens actually got his spot. It's really weird, too, because because Vince McMahon pulled a uh, Vince McMahon, and uh, like when he came out to tell Becky Lynch that she was not going to fight Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania, he basically came out to the same thing and said, Kofi Kingston, you were not going to fight uh, Daniel Bryan at Fastlane, um, but it's weird because he said, oh, but no. Kevin Owens is my guy. The guy that I called a fat slob for the year that he was Universal Champion. He's my guy. That's how much I don't want Kofi Kingston. I want I want this this out of shape champion. His words, not mine. We all know that's what I mean. Vince McMahon said that on television a few times to Kevin Owens. Um, so it's just kind of funny. It's like, oh, you're a Kevin Owens fan all of a sudden, Vince. That makes a, a lot of sense. Um, obviously, it's all. Hashtag fake bullshit. This will only like more so enforce Kingston's involvement somehow in the title picture uh, down the road. But he's he's smart enough to know that people are really responding to Kofi Kingston, so he's going to make something happen with that. Um, but to what degree remains to be seen. But it's cool that Kevin Owens is back. Sorry, Kofi Kingston fans. I'm sorry, not sorry, because uh, Kofi and Kevin are now two sides of the same weird coin that I don't understand why Vince McMahon is playing, trying to squeeze into the jukebox uh, that is filled with only WrestleMania main events, and that's what he's picking? Like, I, I, I go back to our preview episode for Elimination Chamber. Kobe Kingston was a replacement. Sure. This was supposed to be Mustafa Ali. Does that mean that this whole plan was for Mustafa Ali? Or are they actually listening to the fans and the pop for Ali being replaced by Kofi legitimately got him pushed and now getting him pushed further? Then does Kevin Owens come in? Does Kevin Owens play the role 
Uh, I mean, because I don't know. What I'm looking at is it's funny because it's Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is the control system. Daniel Bryan is the barometer. Daniel Bryan is the certainty. He's the given. He's the champion. He is the top of the mountain, which is weird in this story. Because in this story, this is Daniel Bryan's story from WrestleMania 30. And Owens is playing the Batista role. And Kofi is playing the Daniel Bryan role. Sure. While, while Daniel Bryan himself now is not playing the Daniel Bryan role. The, the new Daniel Bryan is playing the, you know, Randy Orton, Triple H, Roman Reigns type role. And that's strange. Sure. Daniel Bryan being the established one because... It's just, it's just strange. They, if, if they want to, they need to heal. Uh, they need to heal Daniel Bryan up a bit more, and basically force this point because I, I noticed this also. I'm sure a lot of the a lot of the fans noticed it also. Kofi Kingston is the Daniel Bryan of the situation, so you need Daniel Bryan to forget about what he's been through in that regard, and basically say that Kofi's not. You know, he's small time. He's not ready for this WWE Championship title. He's not good enough. Like he's not popular enough. Whatever. Basically, to say all the things that Triple H and the rest of the the man, not Becky Lynch, uh, said to him so many years ago. Um, they need to kind of push that to kind of make that a bit more obvious, maybe to the fans. But I mean, you can really carve a nice angle out of that. Where and that that adds more to not only the the Kofi Kingston mythos that that is that is building up all of a sudden. But also the um, how basically like Daniel Bryan kind of forgot quote the good times. Um, as far as Kofi Kingston, um, I understand there's a lot of people who dislike Kofi Kingston have always liked Kofi Kingston and they want him to win the belt just because. But if you were to say WWE has been unfair to Kofi Kingston all these years, you would be very wrong. You would be very wrong. Kofi Kingston's very, been very wrong. Kofi Kingston's been gainfully employed for <laughs> for a decade in WWE. Uh, he's held the tag team championship more than anyone. Isn't that accurate? Like accumulated days, I think he's he's yeah. absolutely and with many 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 partners. Right, and uh, they broke demolitions record for time held uh, consecutively, and he's hung on because of his talent. I will say that one hundred percent. He is a very talented guy, a very athletic guy, uh, decent on the microphone as well. Uh, obviously, wildly successful. Sold a lot of fucking T-shirts with the New Day. There is no doubt about that. Not discrediting that at all. But uh, to give him a title push out of nowhere is kind of like, why exactly are we doing this all of a sudden? And again, the the bigger question is because he is a replacement for Mustafa Ali. Uh, sh- shouldn't we all feel bad about Mustafa Ali, or or no? Or are we just moving on to Kofi no, immediately? Or are we just gonna leave? We're just gonna leave Mustafa Ali's corpse on the side of the road and just carry on? We're not gonna give him a good Christian burial, and we're gonna give give our crew meager rations and continue on this Oregon Trail? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, as he is most likely Muslim, uh, I would say. We probably- <laughs> We probably should not give him a good Christian burial. Right, right, right. Uh, for, for those who don't know, making obviously making a reference to the Oregon Trail. I know a lot of the a lot of the youngsters who like our podcast. God bless you. Uh, might not know that game, but for all you old timers like myself and Darren, you know what time it is. It's time to go hunting for way too much meat that you can't carry back to your wagon. Yes, absolutely, it is. Um, I would say no. I don't have sympathy for Mustafa Ali because 
he, much like Kofi, had no business being in the world title picture, period. I think Mustafa Ali is great. I think him being on the main roster is great. But I don't think him being at the top of the main roster is great. I think that is stunt booking. I think it is shock for shock's sake. I think it is catering to the uh, IWC for the sake of catering to the IWC. And then when he got hurt and they decided to shift from Ali to Kingston, uh, it's just even more blatant. Sure. Now, I always thought Mustafa Ali's sudden push was also very, well, sudden. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure what's going on there because, I mean, again, because Vince McMahon taught me to think this way, he is a 205 Live guy, you know? And it's like, what's he doing on Raw? Like, does he know how much he weighs? Um, we do know a couple things about some other 205 Live guys. Hideo Itami uh, has been let go, as well as TJP as well. I think uh, we mentioned that Hideo Itami wanted out, TJP wanted out, and I think TJP even said that he that he was basically leaving the company, but it was actually revealed that, no, no, he didn't leave the company, the company left him. Absolutely, it was exactly the case. Uh, what's confusing is precisely why? Could it be the fact that his tattoos are reproducing like bunny rabbits? Um, I mean, this guy, it looks like... Randy Orton or TJP? TJP. At least there is a little semblance of order. There's some method to the madness of Randy Orton's graveyard of skulls that he decides somehow is attractive to put all over your body. Um, but at least the uniformity is more attractive than TJP. looks like he let a bunch of six-year-olds pick out a bunch of new tattoos randomly <laughs> off of, like, uh, the flash art uh, on the walls at, at a local tattoo parlor. And he said, get them all. Darren, get them all. Darren, you know very well that TJP has a Patreon. And if you donate a certain amount of money, you get to pick which tattoo he gets. So, Yeah, I, I know, I know. You know. It reminds me of, like, I, I know multiple people that I went to college with who made like ludicrous like tattoo bets? First of all, don't make tattoo bets. <laughs> Just first of all, don't. Second of all, I honestly and instead of getting more reserved and more conservative about tattoos as I've gotten older, I've actually gotten far less precious and less sensitive about it. Um, meaning. That, like, if I had some bad tattoos uh, at my age, I wouldn't be, like, upset about it. I'd be like, <laughs> look at that. Wow. Remember that ridiculous period of my life? Uh, secondly, um, I also would still be up for getting bad tattoos or good tattoos that might later turn out to be bad. Uh, what I don't agree, however, with is tattoo bets. Um, I, the, the people I'm talking about that I knew from college – it was typically people that had to get like a tattoo of like a college's mascot or like its logo uh, if the team that they pulled for lost or something. Like, you know, let's say the Georgia-Florida game or the Florida-Florida State or, you know, Ohio State-Michigan, all those great But say, Are you saying records. mostly Florida uh, Gators are more likely to uh, make this bet, Darren? Um, well, at least two of my examples 
<laughs> worth, worth that. So, um, yeah, um, not just my examples here, but my examples in real life. And I will say, as a lifelong Florida State Seminole fan, so I'll just go ahead and use that as my personal example because it's, it's, a, it's a true one. If I made the stupid bet that, oh, man, this year, the Florida-Florida State game, if the Gators win, I will get a Gator tattoo on my body. All right? Like, again, I would get, like, an I'm with stupid tattoo before I would get a Florida Gators tattoo. Not because I truly hate the University of Florida that much. because, But, but because you truly love the idea of I'm with stupid. <laughs> No, I mean, a sports rivalry is a sports rivalry is a sports rivalry. But so it's not like, oh, the the loathsomeness of having a Florida Gator tattoo. It would just be the like nonsense of it. It'd be like, why? Why do you have that? I, I say just take the bet, Darren. And when you lose and get a Gator tattoo on your body, you just move to Gainesville and, and start cheering for them. And you'll save yourself a trip whenever Fest Wrestling comes into town. No, that's very true. But anyway, TJP looks like he lost <laughs> 15 tattoo bets. And uh, I think <laughs> all, 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 of them, all of them Florida Gator related. <laughs> he got the same Florida Gator logo <laughs> tattooed 15 times on his body. Oh, but much like Randy Orton's skulls, it's, it's just gators, oh gator heads. Hey, TJP, stop betting against the gators. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a life lesson right there, folks. Um, you know, there, and that actually is not just my opinion. There's a lot of speculation that, um, the abundance of tattoos on his previously unadorned body, um, might have rubbed some people the wrong way. In fact, after getting a few, he might've actually been told not to get any more and he continued to do it. Um, now there's also reports that he had a lot of backstage confrontations. Now, whether the confrontations are related to the tattoos or not, or whether both situations exist, uh, I am un- I am unclear. But there's a whole lot of speculation. And I'm going to say this, while not being a huge fan of the guy, not feeling sorry for him, not hating him, just sort of being indifferent, I will say that if he had wanted to find a way out or wanted a way to get fired, I would understand that. There, My sympathy would lie with him in that respect. Because he has been uh, a, a non-entity for a couple of years now. TJP, I think he's a um, he's a really good example. He's a good cautionary tale of you don't give someone too much too fast. Because he came in with a 205 live uh, deal. He came in for the CWC, the Cruiserweight Classic, and won it. Uh, very surprisingly, considering who was involved in the tournament. Uh, and he was the very first cruiserweight champion for a while, and then he just kind of never got back to that point ever again. So I'm sure he felt underused, misused, and unhappy. But it's like, no, no, we used the hell out of you. Just we used the hell out of you in the beginning. Had you stuck around another year or two, you would have, you know, cyclical. You would have maybe had a resurgence or whatever. And that's the thing too: is as talented as everyone can be, not everyone gets to be champion. There just isn't enough time for it. You got to give the title to like you know Randy Orton every now and again to for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> it's the, the skull tattoos. The skull tattoos. Yes. So he definitely has that title for most skull tattoos. Um, 
But uh, so whatever the reasons are, TJP no longer with the company. Uh, there's plenty of opportunity out there for TJP. Luckily, he uh, gained quite a following from his time at WWE. So he can't be unhappy with that at all. Um, even if there may be hard feelings leaving the company at this point, especially with WWE going out of the way to be like, no, no, he was fired. He was fired. He didn't leave us. He was fired. Um, kind of a thing going on. Hideo and Tommy obviously have been wanting out for a while. Him leaving, that's not really... It's not really a lot to talk about there. He's been unhappy for a long time. So uh, there's not really a whole lot more to add about that. Not very surprising. What is surprising, though, is that Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson. Double A Arn Anderson, the enforcer, uh, on his way out. As, through that very same door that Arn Anderson exited through, Bruce Pritchard uh, re-enters. I wonder if there was anything to do with the other. Like, Bruce Pitchard said, I will not come back as long as Arn Anderson is there. And that's sort of speculation, but I don't know, because we, we've we had the conversation and one coming in, one coming out, it's like, ooh, is that part of a deal or something? So I, I don't know about that. Again, speculation. Yeah, I don't think that that is it. it, is it these types of coincidences lead to that type of speculation fairly um, and obviously. But I will say that Bruce Pitchard coming back, I think, was an inevitability the fact that Vince McMahon let him put uh, a version of his podcast with Conrad Thompson onto the WWE Network said that Pritchard would be back with the company eventually. I'm just not surprised at all by Pritchard's arrival. No, um, nor I, should you be, nor should anyone be. But I am extremely surprised by the termination of Arn Anderson. I don't think the two things have to do anything with each other, uh, except that maybe... Pritchard was hired sooner than later because now there was an opening. Um, that I don't know because Arn, I think, mostly worked with uh, with as an agent, uh, whereas Bruce Pritchard's hired for creative team, and those are two very different positions. Um, I, Bruce Pritchard, I think, would be working on scripts and like storylines and angles, whereas Anderson is working on matches and finishes and and that sort of thing. Um, nevertheless, it, it, the, the timing is coincidental, but what did Arn do? What could Arn possibly have done? Much like the TJP rumors, it seems to be just rumors, but they do all point to Arn Anderson directly rubbing Vince McMahon the wrong way or doing something out of turn or speaking out of turn or basically upsetting the apple cart, pissing off Vince McMahon. Apparently, Vince McMahon sneezed. R. Anderson did not say "God bless you," so that's that's all it takes. Uh, we joke about that, but there are stories similar to that where people have lost their jobs. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we can say that it happened, and we're not sure why. But that's a big deal. Arn Anderson leaving WWE. Um, we thought for sure he'd be there forever, uh, <laughs> but um, ah, apparently not. Bruce Pritchard back in. Don't know what that's going to mean for the landscape of WWE television, if we'll even notice that things are a bit different since Pritchard's back, but uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, speaking of television, I do want to mention one more return to television. That would be Matt Hardy, uh, the Hardy Boys actually returning into action uh, this week, was, which was kind of cool. There were more the Ed Hardy Boys, um, and not so much the uh, the, the Delete 
delete some broken Matt Hardy, woken Matt Hardy, whatever you want to call him, uh, Matt Hardy. He just he kind of wore just jeans and no shirt because he wanted to show off how ripped he is right now, which you know, he has every right to do that. If I were that ripped, I'd also just walk around town going, hey, delete, delete. And that guy's guy crazy, but he's got some great abs. Well, I'm a, I would hope that you would walk around town. <laughs> what? I'm Here not... I am. I am in Burbank. Well, I would got to go into like you know, the post office and just you know deliver mail with no shirt on. But anyway, um... <laughs> deliver mail. You're working at the post office. <laughs> yeah, I guess that that doesn't make any sense. I would deliver. <laughs> I would drop off my mail to be delivered. Yes, Darren. Semantics. Anyway, um, so I guess it's cool to see Matt Hardy back. We didn't really know the extent of his injuries for a long time, but he'd been off TV for a long time as well. So it well, was he's been off long enough for me to be under the impression he was retired. Right, right, right. Um, a lot of mixed signals there. I mean, I th- you were just as confused as everyone else, Darren, because it, he just kind of was gone one day. And I was like, what does this mean? And, and Matt Hardy's known for pretty cryptic stuff occasionally on his Twitter. <laughs> we, we forget the time where he basically announced that he had died uh, on uh, YouTube many, many years ago. He got a lot of trouble for that, but I think he meant the character of Matt Hardy was dead at that point and that he was yeah, going to come back. Yeah, he called himself the, the thing he was called the Blood Angel. Yeah, yeah. We, we try to forget the dark days of Matt Hardy, the uh, post, technically his second run in WWE, his successful run, after his first successful run. Uh, he left for a while, had a lot of troubles with uh, substance abuse, I think at least alcohol. Um, and Jeff, too. Don't forget oh, Jeff. Uh, sure, sure, sure. So, I mean... Famous rant against CM Punk at the Waffle House. Oh, of course. Uh, so, I mean, that that's a point, too, is to see these guys still being able to put on a great match. Everyone still loves them. Uh, not phoning it in. Again, it goes back to my what I said about people at house shows doing the best they can. Uh, these two guys doing a great job, even at this point in their career. Um, it's great. It's great to see the Hardy Boys around. And, again, I was someone who was not a fan of the Hardy Boys throughout the years, uh, but have grown to, to like them. Um, quite a bit over the last few years. So, welcome back to Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy. You're you've been around for a while, so it's not really a big deal. But uh, neat, neat to rebuild that uh, tag team foundation again. It needs some work, WWE. But that doesn't mean to make the Hardy Boys champion immediately. Let, let's uh, let the revival hold on to titles for a while. The Usos, you can take them off the Usos. But anywho. That's that. A lot going on, folks, and we hopefully we covered most of it. There's probably a little few stories there that fell through the cracks. But do you need to hear that Sonny has been arrested again for drunken driving? <laughs> do you really want to hear she about ha- that? She has been. She has she been. Was. She she has been. Uh, I don't want to say has been. Uh, make a pun. You there. did. Oh, you uh, did. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good pun. It's a good. Actually. It's good. Um. Anyway, so that's that, ladies and gentlemen. That is our show. That is episode one one nine. Darren, we did it. We did it. You and I together. The whole reference show. You know, we're the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, week after week, journey after journey, story after story. <laughs> it's you and me, right down the line. Oh, thank you, Mister Rafferty. And uh, that's it for the Hot Scoops this week, folks. Did you enjoy the Hot Scoops? Do you have any Hot Scoops of your own? Let us know. There's a lot of ways. You know where you never get Hot Scoops at? (laughs) Ice cream shop? 
Yes. <laughs> yes. You never get hot scoops at the ice cream parlor. That's because it wouldn't be ice cream. <laughs> it would be warm milk. It'd be soup. Oh, gross. Well, uh, if you enjoyed uh, the Two Uncles Wrestling Podcast, folks, let us know. There's a lot of ways you can let us know. Find us on Twitter at Ref and Show Podcast. That's R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook. Like and share. We would appreciate that. If you want to send us a Gmail, you can. The whole Ref and Show at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Or... Or there is Instagram. That's right. For all you Insta stars out there, drop by the whole ref and show on Instagram. T H E W H O L E R E F N S H O W. Put us in your Insta story at tag us, right? Show us off to all your friends. Come have fun. Play in the land of pretty pictures. The land of pretty pictures and good times and wrestling information, folks. We hope you enjoyed our episode, and we hope to see you again. By the way, my name is Perry Smith. And I am the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. And we will indeed see you again next week on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Rep and Show. So long, folks. Bye-bye! He's gonna come back and say, "I gave, I gave uh, leukemia the Superman punch, and I'm back, baby." And wah!